How are you? I'm great. I'm eating a dried apricot right now. Oh, that sounds good. It's a single serve uh, dried apricot container from Trader Joe's. Um, expiration date is July 9th of 2021. <laughs> so you got time. Nibble up. Take a little nibble every day until the expiration date. Yeah, I eat one one single apricot a day. <laughs> the last one will kill you if you eat it the day it expires. God, I hope so. How was your weekend? Um, you know what? I made it. Nah, that's that's all all that matters. Too short, honestly. I'm not ready to go back to work tomorrow. <sighs> Nothing feels real. Like, I know I rest, technically, whatever, don't do work on the weekends, but I also, like, barely do work during my work day, I feel like. Mm. So, it's hard to differentiate, except that there's alcohol. We got so. very lit last night, so nice. I needed a minute this morning. That's why I requested a 1pm <laughs> start time. Uh, we got a sake bomb kit from Sakari. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. So I had, I think, six sake bombs. <laughs> Damn. Are and you up still drunk? To, to like, um, those, like, Jack Daniels wine coolers or whatever. Ew. They're they're pretty good actually. Okay. It's like a southern southern peach. Yeah. I just had three um vodka drinks. It was orange juice and sprite. Oh, sounds lovely. Um it was actually very refreshing. Um, A fizzy mimosa. Yeah. But like poor man's mimosa because it was like the cheapest vodka and like the cheapest orange juice i guess that would be a screwdriver not a mimosa because screwdrivers orange juice and vodka yeah but it was nice uh and we were watching catfish and taking in all the drama um as you saw i don't know how much of this is going into our podcast intro but if this is in the podcast intro for some context uh i love and would die and lay my life on the line for paddington and yeah, Cecilia's, Cecilia's dad um, goes to like estate sales and mm-hmm. found a Paddington bear, which was then gifted to me. And last night, um, me and Paddington sat down and watched Paddington too. Oh, learning about his culture, his people. <laughs> we watched it all the way through. And then after my roommates went to bed, I watched the first half of it again with the director's commentary on. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Quarantine time, baby. Quarantine. Oh, that's very nice. How do you feel about um, Miss Kimmy opening things <laughs> up again here soon? I'm. We're gonna die. Like I, and by we, I mean like working class people who actually have to go out and like risk their lives. Not me, I guess technically in that, but like my family and like my parents and stuff because people just want to go out and have some fucking. I don't know, $5 appetizers at Applebee's or whatever. When it's carry out anyway, you can carry yeah. out your fucking Applebee's. Yeah, you can I think, carry yeah. out pitchers of drinks. Literally, I'm like, you don't need to be going out with like risking you and your fellow humans. But whatever. I'm generally angry about everything. At this point... <laughs> 
So, but yeah, so for context, Iowa loves, well, at least Des Moines loves their fucking farmer's market, which so do I. Like, I love the farmer's market. I love walking around, seeing all the dogs, the plants and such, but Jesus Christ, like, I don't want to, like, kill people over it, you know? Yeah, I love the farmer's market, but there's absolutely no way that we're going to be able to, quote unquote, social distance at the farmer's market. No. And I was talking to somebody else uh, about it, and their going theory, and I kind of agree with it, is that they're opening up the farmer's market as a fucking test to see if we're going to be able to have the Iowa State Fair. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. And, like, no, because people are fucking stupid, and, like, they're not being safe now, and there's not, like, the safety gear available, you know? (sighs) But, you know. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I think (laughs) all this awfulness that's been going on and and kind of frustrating uh, governance is why we decided this week was going to be a fun week, quote-unquote. So... Let's introduce this week's topic and also introduce ourselves so that we have an opening to this podcast. I'm Ash. Hi, I'm Cecilia. And you're listening to Maze of Horror. Uh, what's this week's topic, Cecilia? Or what's your topic for this so, week since we're both doing different topics? Yeah, so they're not... I think from, from like before we tried to kind of have matching themes for stuff, but this time we just each picked a horror-related topic that we just liked. And so mine was because I was bored and I was just looking at games that were on Steam and it's a game that I've been wanting to play for a while um, and then got the chance to play through it. Um, And it's called Doki Doki Literature Club. It's um, an anime high school dating simulator. Um, So I'm very thrilled. I'm I'm excited (laughs) to hear about your topic. Uh, My topic from this week, as I actually told Cecilia off the pod, has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, Originally, I was going to, I watched like a YouTube video, I got into this YouTube hole of like top 10, like strangest or creepiest websites or whatever. And I wanted to do that. But even just picking a single website, there's just so much that goes into those that I'm saving that as a topic for further discussion, because there's just a lot of research that has to go into it. Mm -hmm. And even though we have a lot of free time now that we're quarantined, I was not in the mental space to do that much research. (laughs) So um, I picked the wow signal, which is a personal favorite topic of discussion of mine. Um, Not necessarily true horror scary, but it's uh, extraterrestrial related. Nice. Fun, fun. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can. I'll I'll go first this time. Okay. so the wow signal, like I said, this is one of my personal favorite things. I think, oh, Whoa, what was that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. it's very nice in Iowa right now. And I have my window open. So that was just someone with a small wiener driving their <laughs> pop rocket down the road. <clears throat> I disturbed my train of thought. How dare oh. they? Um, so the wow signal has been something that I've been like super into for a very long time. Uh, I think I mentioned this in early episodes that I'm, like, very interested in extraterrestrial life and, like, have been since I was a very small child. And so my parents both worked a lot when we were kids. And so my grandma lived with us, uh, but she would, like, walk us to the public library. Mm -hmm. And I would just sit in the section of the public library that was, like, 
all extraterrestrial books because it was just kind of arranged by subject and stuff. And so I would just sit in the middle between the aisles and just read these books. And so, you know, I can remember reading a section of a book that was about the wow signal. And so just since then, it's been like, you know, kind of something that I've like a, like a, like a, like a comfort topic. Yeah. So some information about the wow signal. What even is the wow signal? The wow signal was a strong radio signal received on August 15th in 1977 by Ohio State University's uh, Big Ear Radio Telescope in the U.S. So at the time, the Big Ear Radio Telescope was being used by astronomers in the search for extraterrestrial life. Um, And so the way that they used it was that at the time, astronomers theorized that if extraterrestrial life was out there, they would be sending radio signals on a hydrogen level, which is, I guess, different from um, commercial radio signals that we use on Earth. Um, So this big ear telescope specifically looked for these hydrogen level radio communications. So the wow signal, it appeared to come from the direction of the constellation Sagittarius. Yo! Are you a Sagittarius? Yes, we have been over this. Yeah, I I can never remember, though. And I actually, I wrote a note in my notes that says, insert horoscope joke here if Cecilia is actually a Sagittarius. (laughs) I am. You called me an Aquarius one time and I got upset. Because I'm an Aquarius. I thought our birthdays were close to each other. No. I mean, they're like a few months apart, but. Wait, when is your birth? I don't know when Sag. I don't really know anything about horoscopes, I'll be honest. Uh, December. I know a lot. That it's not horror related, but it's just something I'm super interested in. So I might talk about astrology at some point. Patreon yeah. episode. If we ever do a Patreon, <laughs> we'll, we'll do a horoscope compatibility quiz. Oh my god! Yes, but yeah, I'm a Sagittarius Moon can or Capricorn Moon. No, Sagittarius Sun, Capricorn Moon, Scorpio Rising. Hold, I have them on an app somewhere, but I'm, I'm in a. <laughs> Aquarius, oh fuck. Sun, Aquarius, Sun, Taurus, Moon, Aries, Rising. There you go. So yeah, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> if you if you listeners out there want to do my horoscope chart, <laughs> I don't know. Good. Anyway, so this wow signal it appeared to come from the direction of the Sagittarius constellation. So the astronomer who actually discovered the wow signal, his name was Jerry. Eman, E-H-M-A-N, um, and he discovered the signal a few days after the signal was actually captured because it takes, you know, that time to print out the data and actually review it. So he was reviewing the data, and he was so blown away by the signal that was captured on the data that he circled it in red pen and wrote, wow, exclamation <laughs> point next to it. And that's why it's called the wow signal. Yeah, the whole thing lasted seventy-two seconds, during which why oh. do I have such shit handwriting? <laughs> <laughs> this is a recurring problem. I think I need to type my notes. Yeah, on your so typewriter. On my typewriter, yeah, because I don't have a computer. Um, the whole thing lasted seventy-two seconds, during which the Big Ear radio telescope was able to observe it, uh, but it has not been detected since then. So they've tried multiple times since 1977 to try and locate this this anomaly again. 
Um, and they haven't been able to. They tried in 1995, 1996, and again in 1999. And every attempt, they haven't been able to locate exactly what this wow signal is. So although the wow signal had no detectable modulation, which modulation is just a technique used to transmit info over radio waves, it remains the strongest candidate for alien transmission waves. Um, that's, again, given that we can't really detect it again, uh, despite multiple attempts. Yeah. So some of the, or I guess one of the hypotheses that I saw that was kind of like made the most sense to me was that the source of the signal is actually like a lighthouse source, meaning that it's a single sweeping frequency or a one-time burst. So it would make sense that we're not seeing it again because it's Mm -hmm. no longer in the same area it's kind of sweeping across the galaxy um so that's that's kind of a theory that i think makes the most sense to me uh, just because I, i want to believe that there's something out there um in 1995 it's 1995 6 and 99 they actually use the Very Large Array radio telescope rather than the Big Ear telescope. So the Very Large Array did not detect a signal, and the probability that a signal below the detection threshold of the, the Very Large Array could be detected by the Big Ear telescope is very, very low, which adds to the speculation that it was maybe just like a one-off thing. Some skeptics mm-hmm. have said that perhaps it was actually a radio signal from Earth that was bouncing off space oh. debris. But again, that doesn't really exactly make sense because this radioscope was supposed to be capturing signals on a hydrogen level, which is super rare for terrestrial radio signals, I guess. Mm -hmm. Another theory was that it was like a secret military communication. So, you know, there's a lot of speculation about exactly what the wow signal was. So in... In in culture, it's kind of been prevalent al- among the extraterrestrial community, I guess. Um, well, the people in... the people who study extraterrestrials, not the extraterrestrial community, not the extraterrestrials <laughs> no. themselves. The, well, I mean, if they well, sent it, I'm sure that they're they're thinking about it. True. They're like they're like, why haven't these assholes gotten back to us yet? They literally left us on red for I don't know how many years. Since 1977, that's like three, 43 years. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anytime Is I have it? to do math, it's so sad. I'm not even going to attempt it. I... <sighs> I'm in a calculator. Okay. <laughs> 2020, 1977. 43 years. Yeah, see, I Damn. can do math. <laughs> um, anyway... <laughs> So in 2012, a scientific skeptic author, Brian Dunning, concluded that the radio transmission from Sagittarius, from the Sagittarius constellation that we are calling the WOW signal, remains the best technical... What? <laughs> Jesus! He's, so he's a, he's a scientific skeptic who is agreeing that it remains the best, um, best evidence to conclude okay. that alien intelligence is the source. Um, in 2017, Antonio Paris, a teacher from Florida, uh, actually proposed that the WOW signal was a result of a hydrogen cloud surrounding two comets um, that were recorded in the same region of the sky that the source of the WOW signal was hypothesized to be. 
This hypothesis, however, was uh, dismissed by other astronomers, including the members of the original Big Ear research team, uh, as they cited that the comets were actually not in the beam at the correct time. Uh, And furthermore, comets don't emit the type of frequencies that were observed from the wow signal. Yeah, because they would have, like, had more since then, right? Like, repeated. Right. So if it had been comets, I, I think the assumption is that comets are not an exceedingly rare occurrence in mm-hmm. space, and it would have been observed at some time over the year. Yeah. Years. Not year. Many years have passed. <laughs> um, in 2012, it was the 35th anniversary of the WOW signal. And the Arecibo Observatory, actually, which is a, another radio radioscope transmission area, beamed a digital stream towards the area of the original uh, Wow Sound's origin. Mm-hmm. So this transmission consisted of about ten thousand Twitter messages, oh. <laughs> which were solicited by National Geographic uh, and used the hashtag uh, "Chasing UFOs." Oh no. So, if there are extraterrestrials out there in the Sagittarius constellation who sent this wow signal to us, they're going to be receiving this message of just a bunch of fucking tweets. Jesus, no! Well, now they're never going to come. Jesus. I think that's fitting. Or they'll attack. I think it's fitting that they know. Yeah, like on site, they're like, listen, <laughs> fuck y'all. So another thing that's been a a topic of discussion is that the way that sound travels in space is that we might have just missed our opportunity when we received the wow signal because of the time that it takes for sound to travel through space. It could be that the transmission that we received from wherever, whoever in the Sagittarius constellation was already an old transmission just because mm-hmm. of how long it took. And if we are assuming that that extraterrestrial community is at the same level of development that we are, we might have just missed the boat at that point, like time-wise. Dang. So, A misconnection in space. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to put it on like the Milky Way Craigslist. <laughs> Mix, miscollection, H-seeking, E-T. <laughs> Got it. Human seeking extraterrestrial. Got it. Um, so that's that's really the bulk of it. There's not a lot of, you know, research or, or a lot of information on it just because of how how single the event was. Um, like I said, you know, forty three years later we haven't been able to recreate that emission, uh, nor have we detected any similar emissions in the Sagittarius constellation. I like to think that it is just, you know, two two radio signals passing one another in the night. Like, we're just oh. a Romeo-Juliet story, not meant to be at this time in life. No. Um, but I think that they're out there. I think that the universe is way too vast for there not to be extraterrestrial life, whether that's as we envision it. You know, a lot of times we think of extraterrestrial life as being like we are bipedal and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, society oriented or whatever, but I think that there's something out there and the wow signal is just kind of like a little, a little beacon for me. Damn. I like that. Yeah. I I don't remember like where I had first heard it. I think I was watching just some like random documentary about aliens and they like mentioned it 
and I, I've seen the picture where it's just like the circled numbers. I was like, wow. Yeah, and I didn't. I I did I could I didn't um didn't save like the actual values that it was. It was like six a e u five something like it was just like that uh but it, it's not actually like a coded message that's a common misrepresent or misinterpretation to measure radio signals it's actually on a scale of one to nine nine being the highest and then from a to z which is above you know one to nine mm-hmm. um so the highest or the peak of the communication is actually that u so that's at that point, the, the, the signal was strongest is what that means, basically. Okay. Question. Um, why did you say Z? Um, <laughs> okay. So as part of my research, I watched a, a video, a YouTube video uh, from a website called theuniverse.com. Um, and the guy, he said A to Z. And so that's how it stuck in my mind. <laughs> That is very much not an Iowa thing to say Zed. No, <laughs> no, that's a very international thing, though. Yeah, I think a lot of international people say A to Z. So true. If if any of our twelve listeners are international, <laughs> right? There you go. Awesome. Yeah. So pretty pretty short topic for me today, but it was kind of a a rough week this week. Yeah. Fair. So yeah, mine mine is going to be a little longer just because it's like a whole game with a plot and stuff and there's characters to go through but so as I mentioned uh the game I decided to to cover is called Doki Doki Literature Club which starts out as a anime high school dating simulator game um but it actually evolved into a psychological horror game which and then this one was released in 2017 and the game is actually free online um so if you want to check it out the (laughs) The reason I, I think I said I was like, oh, this is supposed to be a fun episode, but mine's not really. So there's a, a warning at the beginning of the game when you open it up um, that just says this game is not suitable for children or those who are easy, easily dis- disturbed. <laughs> and then another one that says individuals suffering from anxiety or depression may not have a safe experience playing this game. Um, oh, rip. <laughs> and that's incredibly accurate. So we... I'll be, I think from now on, and I'll go back and edit, we're going to be putting like some warnings in the description because some of the stuff that we have talked about has involved like some touchy subjects. Obviously, it's like a horror theme, but still, just so people are aware. And so I like, I looked up the warnings for the game, and that doesn't, I don't, for me, it didn't really take away anything from it. Um, if anything, it kind of let me enjoy it more just because I knew it was coming in a way, and it was like kind of more suspenseful. But if you don't want to, like, ruin the plot, I wouldn't look into it too much. But just as an FYI, if you're going to go into this game. But um, so it's also these are these types of games, the way it's laid out, they're referred to as visual novels. And so it's a type of gameplay where it's just like a story going along and there's like text at the bottom or somewhere. And then the character, like, images, it's not animated. It's just, like, static images, and that'll change with, like, what they're talking about or their, you know, emotions and stuff. And then you, as the character, will, like, make choices along the way that will affect the plot. And so in dating simulation games, usually whatever actions you do determines whether or not a character will like you or dislike you and things like that. 
And then in this one, there's like a mini game where you write a poem, but it's really just picking um, words. But each word is associated with with one of the love interests. So if you pick all the ones for like a specific love interest, they'll like you more kind of thing. Um, just like uh, real dating. Yeah, where you just repeat a word over and over until they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you just have to you you pick someone on Tinder, and if their bio says ice cream, you just keep saying ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. And well, you have to, you you have to get just, married. You have to mix it up. You're like chocolate sprinkles, vanilla, hot fudge, and then <laughs> and then you get married. And then uh, you get married. Yeah, and I'll also mention this is set in like high school, and the characters are all like 18, but it is still very creepy <laughs> for me as like a 23 year old to be playing this. So I. <sighs> Like, it is, like, you're supposed to, like, pick who you like. But I just went with, like, who was just the more interesting character. I am not into any of these characters because they are very much, like, the Japanese schoolgirl, like, they look 12 kind of thing, which also makes everything that happens a lot creepier. But in terms of, like, dating simulation games, I used to play them, like, when I was in high school. And so it was less creepy because it was, like, they're my age. But I am very wary of, like, grown-ass adults that, like, only play high school dating simulator games. Yeah, it can very get, it can get very uh, uncomfortable very quickly. Yes. And so for me, it was just, yeah, that's what it was. So there are uh, five main characters. So it's you, the protagonist. Um, So you give them whatever kind of name, but it is always just, like, a boy. It's, like, a high school boy, but they never really show the character you're playing as. Sayori is the protagonist's like childhood best friend in the first one we meet and she's like super happy and talkative and like clumsy and she's the vice president of the literature club. Um, Then there's Monica who's the president of the literature club and she's like a really popular girl um, and she founded the club Um, and she's really like nice and responsible and all that stuff. Yuri who is really shy but really smart and her type of like poetry and stuff and literature that she's into is like horror and like really complex and all this stuff which is the opposite to the next character who's uh Natsuki um and she's like she comes off as like kind of rude and arrogant but she secretly is really into like cute things like she brings cupcakes in like the first time you see her and she like all her poems are cutesy and stuff what what wait what what kind of cupcakes uh, I think it said like vanilla. I don't know. It said they had white frosting. <laughs> it doesn't really okay. explain it. It just said she make her. Okay. So it would get really complicated because as like traditionally these kinds of games, it's, you know, multiple endings depending on like the choices you make as a player. And so this one also has the multiple endings and there's like twists to it just because of the horror element. But the game is divided into like four acts. And it just depends on who you decide to, like, pursue. I'm just going to go through, like, one kind of route. Like, the first one I took when I played. um, Just because that's what kind of startled me the most. And then I went back and, like, replayed every route. Just to kind of see everything. But you do have to... And then there's some endings that you can't get to unless you play the game through once fully. And so... And then this one also is very interesting because it has, like, random chances of certain, like, visual not glitches, but like, what kind of like visual stuff happening when you make certain decisions. Um, Mm -hmm. So for example, there's one where 
you would like share poetry. I'll talk about that. And one of the characters, there's like a 33% chance that if she reads, if it's like bad to her, like if she hates it, that her eyes will like explode and like blood will come out of them. And then everything just go that, goes back to normal and it's like not referenced. But it's just like a really startling like visual thing. So I'll start with like act one. And it's the protagonist and Sayori like walking to school together. They're like childhood best friends and their neighbors and stuff. And she is trying to convince you slash the protagonist to join a club at school. And then the protagonist like relents and just joins her club, which is the literature club. And so he goes after school and meets everybody else. And you talk to each of them and you get to learn kind of what kind of literature they like to, to read. And that's when I decided to pick Yuri because she mentioned that she likes surrealist and like horror literature and like suspense kind of novels and things like that, which I also do. And so I was just like, okay, I'll go after her. She was also like the oldest looking one. So it made me feel less creepy. Again, they're all technically 18, but like still very creepy. But also would you real life date an 18 year old? No, <laughs> I feel like no. 19 maybe, but I don't know, something about, I think, okay, also, I have, like, a niece who's, like, gonna be 18 this year, and so, like, that's where my mind goes immediately. Um, yeah, so, like, my sister's so 18, so I'm, like, right. my baby right. sister, dating. right? I think the fuck not. Exactly, so I'm, like, absolutely not, but yeah, so anyway, um, so the club, they decide that, like, to get to know each other more on, like, this new, the new, the new member they're all going to write a poem to bring and like share the next day. And like I mentioned, you, it's like a little mini game and you just like pick uh, words and you can kind of like guess and there's like little figures and they'll like jump up when it's like their associated word or you can just like look it up. There's like a wiki if you want to, like I did that just so I could go through all the other routes. So Yuri, some of the words that gave her points uh, were things like entropy and graveyard and inferno entropy i thought she liked horror not physics i don't know (laughs) but so just stuff like that and then it's the next day and you all go in and so again depending on like who you picked to pursue you can have like one-on-one time with that character and they're just like talking or whatever and then you choose to share your poem around and so i wrote mine for yuri and so i showed it to her and she's like wow this is great the rest of them, the other three of them, like, will be able to tell that you wrote it for a specific character, and so they kind of start pointing that out. And then, so, um, and also, to go with, like, the traditional dating sim kind of game that this is, all of them like your your character, and it's, like, you having to pick between all of them. Um, so do they, do they, like, get jealous then when they realize yes. that you write for a specific person? Yes. Yes, they do. Um, so, here, for example, like Natsuki and Yuri, like I said, they have like kind of opposite interests in poems. And so they start arguing and then they come up to you to like settle the argument as to like who's correct or not. And so you can either choose to call on Sayori to help diffuse the situation, um, which just kind of leaves it neutral, or you can side with one of them. I sided with Yuri because at this point I was like, you know, I had picked her or whatever. And then Natsuki gets upset and she leaves. But then it's just, it goes back to another, um, and this is like a, a trend they keep going where they, they keep writing poetry and coming back. And so you go back, write your poem, and then you come back and you keep spending more time with that one person. 
so up until now things are like pretty normal it's like a normal game there's nothing off um the music's still really cute and like whatever but this day when you walk in Sayori is acting really weird like your friend the childhood friend she's being really quiet and she's like sitting in the back of the room and like staring off and so Monica the president of the club goes to talk to her and then you just kind of do whatever and then when you're sharing poems, Sayori mentions that she just doesn't feel good, and so she leaves. Um, so it's the three, the other three and you, and they're talking about the school festival, which this is supposed to be set in, like, Japan, I think. And so they have just, like, like how in our college we had, like, Orgfest. So it's essentially, yeah. like, the clubs would get together and, like, promote their clubs so other students could join kind of thing. And sure, so I've, every- watched, I've watched anime. I know what a festival <laughs> is. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to choose who to help with like preparations and so again I picked Yuri um because she's gonna be making posters or whatever and so she was gonna come over all, all over the weekend and so Ooh. it's that's yeah it's that sun it was like a Sunday I think so before Yuri comes over you go to Sayori's house to like check in on her and so because you, again your neighbors and so your character mentions that you just like walk in to each other's houses all the time and so you go in and talk to Sayori and she confesses that she's actually had really bad depression her entire life and like has been struggling with like mental health, um, especially these past few days. Um, and so she says that, you know, she's late to school a lot and she's always tired, but it's not because she's like lazy or whatever, like how she plays it off. It's just because she can't get out of bed. Um, and so this is this is where things start going downhill very, very, very quickly. <laughs> Wait, but that's like so relatable. Yeah, it gets worse. So not not to be depressed on Maine, but right, right, and that's again, this is that warning at the beginning is not to be taken lightly because it gets real bad later. And so, and then he's like, your your character just like doesn't know what to say. He's kind of like he's kind of I don't say he's dumb, but like he's purposely supposed to be just kind of like this blank slate kind of character. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like whatever you want. Like, can I? Do you want me to stay? Like, I'll cancel my plans with Yuri. She's like, no, no, don't do that. Like, that'll make me feel worse. And like, whatever, go hang out. And so you do, you leave, you hang out with Yuri and like you're talking. And so you find out that Yuri is really, really into knives and collecting knives. And there's, um, they allude to her potentially like self-harming with them. In like in her character, she's always wearing like long sleeves and she always has like bandages on her arms. And then it's also like explicitly like shown later her doing this. So yeah that's when you like learn about that and so once you're all done um as you're going to as she's leaving she like hugs your character whatever and Sayori comes out and like sees the two of you together and she starts like crying and like Yuri leaves and so it's just you and Sayori and she confesses that she's in love with you and that (gasps) she has been yes oh um so um and then so you have the choice of either accepting her confession and saying that you also love her or you reject her and friend zone her essentially they i didn't know this but they both have the same outcome like no matter what you pick it's always going to be a bad ending uh, but that made me feel very guilty because i kind of friend zoned her when i played through um and so mm-hmm. I, know, I felt like literally felt so bad especially because of what's happening next but she, whatever happens, like, you, like, hug, and then she cries and, like, runs off. Uh, but she makes a comment about, like, oh, Monica was right, like, when they were talking last. 
and like something and you're just like oh that's weird like I wonder what she said but whatever she runs off and like you give her her space so it's a Monday again and so you go back to the club after school and then Monica pulls you kind of aside and says that she knows that Sayori is in love with you um, and she knows how she feels and she hands you a poem that Sayori wrote it's mm. a it's super different from anything that she's written. It's just like, it's covered in like tears and blood. And it's like, oh. the writing is just like, like scribbly. And so the protagonist rushes off into Sayori's house. And okay, warning here. He goes into her room and he finds that she's hung herself. Yikes. Yeah, so he finds it and he sees her. And then the game ends. Like it cuts to a black screen. And then you're back at the menu screen of the game without you doing anything if you try to save it'll say that there's like a corruption and you can't do anything and it just like cuts off and so you're back at the main menu and before on the main menu like on the side it's the usual like save load settings kind of thing and it was Mm -hmm. like the four characters just on the side um and where Sayori should be is like a weird glitched out picture of it almost looks like it almost looks like it's the four of them combined together and like a weird blocky pixelated shape and you have no choice but to start a new game because even if you did save before all of those files are gone and so you you open up a new game and it starts out the exact same but this is actually the start of act two Um, but it starts the same as act one where it's the beginning of a day of a new day and the part where Sayori is supposed to come up to you and talk to you it's just all gibberish it's like key smashes um, the music sounds weird. And when she's supposed to come onto the screen, it's like a weird glitched out image again. Like she's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it glitches out again. And all of a sudden you're at school and you stop mentioning her. Like you don't, like you're the character you play as just like acts like she never existed. But you still end up going to the literature club. And then none of them, the, it's the same three other girls, but none of them mention Sayori. They act like she never existed either. Um, Mm -hmm. and Yuri is now actually the vice president when Sayori was before Hmm. yes and so Yuri took her fucking position and so yeah so it's just it's very weird but like it kind of keeps going regularly except this time you're actually like no matter who you ended up choosing in the first act as like your love interest you're now forced to choose Yuri as your love interest and so when it comes to the part where the two girls are like arguing with each other about the poem and it asks you who, who to side with. If you try to click the other person's name, it'll glitch out and like keep asking you the question until there's only one button left and it just says Yuri on it. And so like you can't pick anybody else. And there's also like glitches in the characters like Yuri and Atsuki as they're talking to you occasionally where like the font will get all weird and like the music will just stop. And they just start saying some like really cryptic shit. And it's just like, and then all of a sudden they're like back to normal and they, they didn't realize that anything, they had said anything. Spooky. Yeah. And then at one point, Natsuki gives you a letter saying that she is concerned about Yuri and that she's not acting right and that she needs help. But then all of a sudden she starts glitching out and she's like, actually, you know what? Never mind. Forget everything I just told you. I'll just go spend time with Monica. And then it starts glitching over and over again. It just says, just Monica, just Monica, just Monica, just Monica, like over and over again. Um, And so you do, you go over and talk to Monica and she reveals that Yuri has been self-harming and that she's just doing it more and more. And she shares another poem with you that Yuri wrote that also is like 
a weird, like, obsessive love letter about the protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. And she also, when she, when you share your poem with her, she, like, starts smelling it. And she's like, can I take this home with me? <laughs> so she starts acting very odd. And then she, like, kind of glitches again. And then she, she runs off. Then you get to the part with the festival again. And then, you know, it's, you kind of have to pick... Or no, you. I think you like. I don't actually remember. I don't know why I didn't write it down. But like, at some point, no matter what you choose, uh, Yuri is like, "Okay, can I talk to you after they're all gone?" You know, and mm-hmm. you like a dumbass fucking. I mean, you don't have a choice. You know, you're kind of stuck there. But she starts going like her her character on screen kind of glitches out, and her eyes get replaced with like hyper realistic eyes. Ew. Yeah, whereas where so it's like the whole body is like an anime girl, but then her eyes and her mouth are like a, a like a human people's eyes. Ew, I hate that. Yeah, and they're like huge and like wide, and it's very creepy. And like she's just talking and talking about how she's so obsessed with you, she loves you so much, and like um she confesses to you, and then you have a choice of accepting or rejecting her. But again, no matter what you respond, the outcome is the same. And she just pulls out a knife and just stabs herself. And then the script kind of breaks and it's just all this gibberish and you literally have to click through. It took me like five minutes, just click through it all. But you're just stuck there in the room watching her, like looking at her dead body and it starts to rot because it was like, it's following the same kind of plot from before. So it's the Friday and you were, you know, it's the weekend happening. That's what you're seeing because the light also changes. Like it's, you see the sun and then it's like dark and then you see the sun and it gets dark and like all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's Monday and that's when Monica and well Natsuki comes in first and she sees what happened and she like vomits and runs off, obviously, because it's a fucking like dead body and you're just sitting there. And then Monica comes in and she's like, Oh, I'm sorry, you had to spend such a boring weekend here. There must have been something wrong that I did. And then a screen comes up and it shows that Monica deletes the character files of the other two girls. Um and, oh. and then you're set back to the main menu again. And so this is the start of Act 3. So Monica deleted. And so, again, you, you can't load anything else. You can't do anything. So you have to start the game again. And like before on the main menu, everybody else except Monica's characters are, like, fucked up um, on the screen. And so she, you start a new game, and it's just you and Monica in the club room. And in the back outside of the windows, it's just, like, this weird, like, space thing that's, like, floating by as if you're, like, floating just in this room through space and it's just Mm -hmm. the two of you and so Monica reveals that she knows that she's in a game and she knows that she's a character and that she's been manipulating like the files um, because she's in love with you but not you the protagonist character but you physically the person who is playing the game you the player you the player and so what will happen is so what happened because I was playing it through Steam and so you know, the game that you give the person is, like, whatever. And she's like, oh, but that's not really you, is it? And then she said my username on <laughs> that I have on Steam. Mm-hmm. And there's some, if you don't play it on Steam, if you play it other ways, it'll get your name off of, like, your computer. So, like, you know how you can, like, label your computer? You can, like, yeah, it'll take that name and say that. That's, that's really fucking creepy, yeah. though. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like that would be creepier because, like, my username, whatever, but my computer's name is, like, my last name. So it's like, oh, but that's not your name, is it? It's this. And so, yeah, and so she just admits that she, you know, to make the other characters, like, get away from you, she started increasing their negative traits. 
And so for Sayori, she made her just like more depressed and she made Yuri just more obsessive because she wanted you for herself. But then she realized like that wasn't going to work because the way the game was um, designed doesn't allow you to have Monica as a love interest. So like as Mm. yeah, as you're writing the poems and you're making choices, you can never pick Monica. And so she realized that. And so she just did what she thought she could do is delete everybody else. And so it's now just her and you. And then she just kind of goes on and on and on. I was I don't really remember everything she said. It was just like all this like weird shit. And then you can write her a poem, uh, but all of the choices are just weird variations of her name. So it's just her name over and over again. Um, so what you actually have to do to keep going is you have to go into the game file on your computer and delete her character out of the game. <laughs> and so you do that and then you come back and like visually she's gone but she's still kind of talking to you she's like oh my god what are you doing like no don't do that and she's like dying essentially and then she like realizes like she can't have you and like can't be happy and whatever and so she starts the game up again but she deletes only herself and so then this is act four in the final act where things kind of go back to normal and it starts out the same as before except that monica is gone and this time Mm -hmm. and like no one knew who she is like she was never mentioned like she never existed and Sayori is the president of the literature club and then convinces you to join and like everything kind of goes normal until Sayori talks to you and she's like I actually know that this is a game now so actually what happens is that whoever is the president of the literature club gets some like awareness that they're in a game and so Sayori basically just does the same thing that Monica did and just deletes everybody and just has you in a room with her alone but then Monica is somehow still in the game and like realizes that like no one can be happy as long as there's a literature club um because the literature club needs a president but whoever is the president becomes self-aware and so they're just like can't be happiness for anybody and so she just ends the game she deletes everything and that's the end that's how it ends well that's one of the endings so (laughs) oh sorry go ahead well i there's like some of the other endings that are like they're like none of them are good there's not a good ending to any of them but it's just like different variations on the same thing but it just it generally just still kind of ends the same way with like the game having to be deleted um i was gonna say my girl natsuki just gets fucking shafted yeah she like you can pick her but she just like um but that's also the thing that saves her because both of the characters that well all of the characters that confess that they love you die that's like another thing and so she just kind of like I don't know she's mostly just like a, a more of a side character to all of this which is bad but also that means she kind of gets the least like the best of it <laughs> if that's possible I guess <laughs> um but I like Natsuki and like I went through and like I did her and like the different routes will just like reveal more personal things about each character and you get different like poems and stuff and at the end, when the credits roll, because there's, like, credits, there's a song, um, and it's supposed to be Monica singing it and playing the piano, and so that's going. And you know how, like, in credits, sometimes there's, like, pictures on the sides of, like, the game, mm-hmm. whatever? So it's that, but if you play it a certain way, then it, it'll just go normally with the pictures. But the way I did it, I don't, I don't remember why it happened like this, but as the pictures start showing up, they get deleted one by one. <laughs> as it goes through which is also incredibly creepy 
but yeah, so that's Doki Doki Literature Club. I remember when it came out in 2017, like it still had that warning and stuff at the beginning. And it was like, it was just like, oh, there's a twist to this, but people didn't really think it was going to be that big until people started like actually playing it. And they're like, oh, this is fucked up because it is anime, but it is, it does show like the bodies and like the blood and like the cutting and like mm-hmm. just like the the looks on their faces and when like the photorealism comes in and like the glitching and it's just it's different from a movie because like you're a character in it and essentially a lot of it is happening because of you because you started to play the game because of the choices you made. yeah because you decided to play the game you know all right but it was kind of cool for me and I was like I had to figure I had to, I had to google how to like get to the game file but, you know, having to go into your own computer as part of the game, I always like that aspect. Um, it's not the first game to do it, and, like, others have done it before, too. There's one ending you can get where if you start a new game, like, completely, and you delete Monica before it even starts, um, it kind of just cuts to that last fourth act where Sayori is the president. And she, like, I don't know, it's, like, this weird thing where she, like, thanks you for, like, trying to fix things because she knows like what had happened or like what will happen but at the end like I think she either still killed herself or like something happens that's bad so yeah looks very cutesy the music's actually really cool and like cute and fun and then so when it does switch over to that like weird horror music it's like startling or even scarier was just when the music stopped and there was just like nothing that was also Mm. creepy (laughs) so so yeah that's that was my um fun pick. Yeah, your fun thing, your very lighthearted pick of this week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's <sighs> if you don't want to play through it, obviously I understand. You can there's like playthroughs and stuff on YouTube that people have done, or even just like re- reading through the wiki. Um, if you don't want to visually see it happening, you can still like get the full story. But yeah, there we go. There we go, so. <laughs> the wow signal and anime. The wow signal and Doki Doki Literature Club uh, some some prime pairings this week. <laughs> I think next week we had talked about doing Anna Eklund. Is that correct? Yeah. From a, a listener listener suggestion. Shout out to our our listener that emailed us that suggestion. Yeah, and it's also a local a local pick because it's an Iowa case local Iowa pick. Um, I don't know if our person wants their name out there. Yeah, we'll ask first before we say it. <laughs> we'll, we'll ask first before we say it next week, but they went to our college as yep. well. So, yeah, I guess until next week, avoid anime girls <laughs> in the maze of horror. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>